0: welcome to hit it the water skier magazine podcast powered by usa water ski and wake sports where we go on the water with some of the top athletes from three events show skiing barefooting and everything in between this episode is brought to you by visit central florida the water ski capital of the world i'm your host tyler boyd Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hit It Podcast. In this episode, I had the opportunity to talk show skiing with Dave Raisin and Matt Heilman. Dave, part of the Rock Aqua Jays ski team, and Matt, the Mad City ski team, both really close friends and competitors throughout the years. And they're going to team up to co-direct Team USA later on this year at the World Championships. That World Championships is going to be in Central Florida, sponsored by Visit Central Florida, which also sponsors this podcast and that event as well. We talk show skiing in general, state and regional championships, national championships, and what to expect from Team USA at these 2022 World Championships later this year. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Super fun to talk show skiing with Matt and Dave. Here's my interview. Well, hello, guys. Welcome to the Hit It podcast. Matt and Dave joining us today, and we're going to talk about show skiing. Guys, excited to have you on the podcast. We've had a lot of three-event stuff, and this is our first show ski podcast. So, welcome.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for for
0: having us. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Absolutely. And I want to introduce you guys to our audience. And, Matt, maybe you could go first, and Dave, go right after him. But we want to learn a little bit about you guys. Um, your history how you got into show skiing and what part of the clubs uh, that you've been a part of and also you know all this is going to lead up to the world championships later on this year and your involvement in that so um, Matt go ahead. Yeah I mean I uh, grew up uh, our our parents
2: my parents had a cabin on Lake Sherwood in central Wisconsin which uh, interestingly is where uh, Dave lived and that's where we met. Uh, but I grew up skiing there, you know. Learned when I was like five years old, and um, grew up uh, watching water ski shows up in that area. Watched the the Sherm-a-Lot show team, and just got really uh, interested in show skiing. Watching those ski shows, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, but we had a cabin up there, and and so a buddy of mine uh, and I in Madison decided we want to do that. We want to join a ski team, and so we literally sought out the ski team at about 13 years old. And it was funny, we called uh sporting goods stores to try and find a contact. We literally had the yellow page for trying to find a contact for the ski team. And we ended up getting a hold of somebody that knew somebody and went to an informational meeting. And uh I've been on the Mad City ski team ever since, since I was about 13 years
1: old and been, it's been fun.
0: Excellent. Excellent, and
1: Dave. Yeah, well, Matt. Matt kind of uh, made mention of how we kind of started our our relationship with one another. It, it's so funny because, like I said, like Matt said, he uh, was literally a quarter mile uh, down the way. Uh, I was on the Shermolat Show team at that time and skiing with them. I can remember being younger, uh, growing up on Lake Sherwood, and and and, and seeing the team ski for the first time and i was literally mesmerized um i just knew that that's what i wanted to do i looked at the guys that were barefooting at that time it was uh, pete clary and jennifer clary a world barefoot champion was part of the team and and some real icons within the, the the show ski world at that time and i just i mean that's what i wanted to do and i told my parents that and so similar to matt joined that, uh, joined that team, joined the Shermolet show ski team and um, started developing a love for the sport that's really never stopped up until this point. And again, Matt vacationing right down the road, we would go ahead and we would have like little barefoot competitions and trick ski competitions at a young age. And that's how we started developing a, kind of our relationship with one another. And then we both got into show directing later on.
0: Well, excellent. And, you know, with summer being in full swing, all water skiers are super excited. And I know that in competitive show skiing, uh, you know, the competition scenes in full swing, from my understanding, regional championships that are going on uh, as soon as uh, this weekend, and then also national championships, some big state tournaments, explain to us a little bit about the path. I mean, this is a, a different kind of year because it's a world tournament type of year for you guys, but typically the state level, the regional level, the national level, explain to our audience how's that work.
2: You're, you're exactly right. It's tournament season is upon us right now in, in our show ski world. And so there's, uh, the Southern region has already been, been hosted. The central regionals is coming weekend. The Wisconsin state tournament is in a couple of weeks and teams are preparing for their regional tournament all over the country. And they're, they're getting ready. And it's really, uh, the time of year where we're the most active uh, practices are uh, a little more busy, a little more intense. There's a lot going on in terms of prepping your show for the regional tournament and then shortly after that are the national tournaments. There's a, there's a Division Two nationals uh, the first weekend in August, and there's Division One nationals, which is the second weekend of August. So basically, from now through mid-August, we're we're at it hard and and uh, lots of long nights, lots of practice and preparation. Uh, And lots of fun because we really enjoy the the show ski tournaments for people who haven't been to one are just awesome. Like the the number of awesome ski shows you get to watch in a weekend, the sportsmanship and camaraderie among competitors. I mean, Dave and I are on rival teams and we're best of friends. And just being able to hang out after shows, socialize throughout the weekend uh, with other show skiers from all over, from different teams, that camaraderie and that sportsmanship is what really resonates through the sport of show skiing.
0: Well, and I take a look at what you guys are doing, and I, I, and I don't know, I'm kind of going out on a limb and saying this, you know, you're talking about uh, kind of the family aspect, the friendship, the camaraderie, just like in the three event world, I'm sure that a lot of these families grow up together, even though they're on different teams. But it is interesting that you guys are going to be co-directors of Team USA coming up at the World Tournament. And I'm just assuming that the uh, athletes are going to be coming from all over the United States from different teams to make up that particular team. Uh, you're You're working all summer with your club, your home team, and then you're going to have a completely different group of people for that World Championships. I think of it like USA Basketball, the Olympics, almost pulling from different teams to create one cohesive team at the end of the summer. Does that add into the complexity for you guys when you're thinking through of how shows are going to go this summer?
1: Yeah, you know, Tyler, you mentioned cohesion, and cohesion and chemistry is what is absolutely needed when it comes to Team USA. So with our amateur teams, we have the benefit of developing that all off season, during indoor practices, uh, during team meetings, certainly during the course of our you know four month season. But with Team USA, it's a very very unique circumstance because as you as, as you stated, we're we're pulling the very best, the top show skiers from throughout the nation, and you can have the best athletes in the world, but unless you have that cohesion and chemistry on the ramp, on the water, uh, in a ballet line, uh, within a pyramid, unless you have that that skill set and that comfort level with one another it, it, it just doesn't mesh well and we've been really lucky uh, over the course of the time that we partnered together and show directed together team usa to really bring together not only the best skiers but the skiers that fit together well and have good chemistry with one another and our, our true team players you know, each one of these skiers are used to, if there's a typically 13x in a amateur ski show, each one of these skiers are used to being in an eight, nine, ten x And the average skier on team USA might be in two, three, or four acts. And so when you're on team USA, you set your ego aside, do what's best for the team, and they get it. It's all about developing that chemistry within a real short period of time and taking advantage of every minute of water that we have. And Excellent. to your point,
2: Tyler, you know, to your point for Dave and I, like we are we're currently respect, uh, uh, show directors of our respective clubs at home. I'm one of the co-show directors of the Mad City Ski Team this season. Dave is one of the co-show directors of the Rock Aqua Jays. And we are co-show directors of Team USA. So it's a unique year for us because we've got our hands in two totally separate shows, two separate groups of skiers, two total separate organizations and planning and and all of the logistics that go around it. And so it's, it's unique for us in that way, because we're four or five nights a week with our home clubs and we are currently planning and, and finalizing and tweaking the, the show, the fundraising, the practice team USA is going to have a practice right after division one Nationals and prepping for the world tournament in October. So it's uh, busy and. Uh, fun. We love it, and and uh, but we're we've got our hands full with with all of that this summer.
0: Well, I feel like it's a unique opportunity and a special opportunity for USA water skiing in general. Last season, in the three event world, the world tournament came to Jack Travers Ski School, which was a very special time for the three event skiers. And now you guys are going to be down in Central Florida. In fact, that this podcast is sponsored by VisitCentralFlorida.com, and it's one of those things where to almost have back-to-back world championships, what does it mean for you guys to represent USA in Florida this year?
1: I think the event is going to be unprecedented. Knowing what Mark Jackson, Shawna Pisanan, Visit Central Florida, the city of Winter Haven, Cypress Gardens, to just see what they've done in preparation up. And to the event is absolutely mind-boggling and amazing. And so, not to take anything at all away from all the preceding Schostky World Tournaments, but they were they were truly tournaments. And I think that this will be more of an event uh, celebrating the 100th anniversary. And it's going to be capped with the Schostky World Championships, uh, both the team and individual format. It's going to be amazing, and not only that, but in Winter Haven, in the water ski capital of the world, I can't imagine a better backdrop. And we are—we to say we are
0: hyped would be an understatement. Well, and you—you take a look back at 2022, where you guys were set. I mean, 2020, excuse me, in 2020, because of the COVID-19 virus, I believe you guys were going to Australia. That event was canceled. So it's been some time since there's been a world championship. Does that factor into it? And what was that experience like? I guess you guys were probably prepping for that world tournament, only to have it canceled.
2: Oh Tyler. well, we, we
0: were actually we were actually in Australia, Tyler. Uh, oh, no.
2: we, we we flew out on uh, March thirteenth of twenty twenty, and or March eleventh. Uh, anyway, we flew to Australia. Uh, the the night we flew out was the uh, where the first NBA basketball game got canceled because of COVID-19 and we were on a plane from Dallas to Sydney and um, we arrived in Australia. We started practice and uh, we're told a couple of days after our arrival that the tournament was canceled. And so, um, wow. yeah, we have not. So to that to your point it's been a long time and so we we had put in a lot of planning and preparation and and finances to make that trip we had we had 40 some people uh in Australia wow. uh only to have to ship them all home and get them home safely and so it's been it's been since 2018 that there's been a world champion crowned and so uh, it's going to be a great you know to Dave's point it's going to be an awesome event kind of culminating coming out of the COVID and this pandemic, and then having the 100th in Florida and finally crowning a world champion for the first time in four years will be exciting.
0: And what I understand about this, I mean, this is truly an international world tournament. Belgium, Canada, Germany, Australia, China, a lot of representation as show skiing continues to grow internationally. From the aspect of the actual show, different from three of them, in the sense that we get to see so many different types of acts, from pyramids to swivel ski to barefooting, freestyle jump, there's so many different things. Can you talk to our audience a little bit about the staples of of an act and uh, what they'll traditionally see and maybe some unique things that they would see if they can make it down for that world tournament?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing as show directors that we do is we take a look at our act order and we uh, prioritize what we want to see on the water and 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 what those 13 acts ultimately look like, because each show has to have a minimum of 13 acts, right? So you've got obviously your barefoot in there, you've got your pyramids, you've got freestyle, you've got your swivel, but it all all depends on you know, the skill set of your personnel. And, th- and that's where Matt's and Matt and my job is fairly easy because we've got the best skiers in the world, right? Where it becomes a little bit more difficult is going ahead and kind of setting ourselves apart from what would be the traditional ski show. Or if you come and you've been to a world tournament before and you've seen Team USA before because the expectations for Team USA go up each and every tournament. So if we've done a six man barefoot line before now they want to see an eight bear, man barefoot line. If we've done a seven man front flip off the jump, then that's the minimum that they want to see. If we've done a double top pyramid or a five high, you know, the, the expectation and the margin for error is very slim. And so that's where Matt and I have to push ourselves to kind of think outside the box, as well as to uh, make sure that we're increasing our difficulty but maintaining our execution on the water. And we have Jack. the
2: luxury, like Dave said, of the, the top skiers in the in the world. And and when we're picking our team, we're we're looking for outside the box skills. And so we've got some specialists in some areas on the team. We have Gino Yockler who is amazing on the sky scheme, you know, just mind blowingly good. And we've got Kevin Jack who is incredible on the trick ski and what he can do with his passes of flips is, is unbelievable addition to a water ski show. And so we've got uh, different folks like that. We have Keith Ange, who is maybe the best barefooter of all time and he's a part of our show. And so then sprinkling in those aspects to give our show that extra juice, that extra pizzazz and to set us apart and then to lean on those expert skills that these folks have, uh, it's fun to put that That type of show together and to try and uh, piece the puzzle together to make uh, for an exciting as well as a highly difficult show.
0: Well yeah Matt that's a great point too because you're working with a lot of talent and probably more talent than usual, obviously, since it's going to be the best skiers from the USA coming together as one team, do you feel the pressure. Of that, from a directing standpoint of how to mix and match and really know what skills to be able to push the show to the new level.
1: I would say yes 100%. to that. Yeah, that. yeah, that goes back to my previous comment. We, we definitely have that pressure, and our skiers that we select on the team, they put that pressure on us as well. they They know what they've performed in the past, if they've been on the team before, they know what they've seen in the past, if they've watched Team USA, and they want to go ahead and they want to step it up. Uh, for this tournament. And so, yeah, we feel that pressure, but we welcome it. It's uh, it, it's something that we want to go ahead and meet the expectations of of the audience.
0: Well, and I would say too, you know, typically when we think about water skiing in Florida, that's been a, a hub for a lot of things. Uh, and when in the show ski world, Cypress Gardens, uh, obviously in the three event world, people come from all around the world to compete uh, in Florida, a lot of uh, local tournaments hosted there. You guys are out of Wisconsin. And when I think of show skiing, I think of Wisconsin. I think about uh, going back to the 1980s when it was televised on ESPN. I would see, you know, the pyramids on TV. I think I still have some of those old VHS tapes. What does it mean for you guys to come into the heart of Florida and get the exposure out of somewhere like Wisconsin, more located in the, the north of the United States? to come down to florida to see what you guys do in an effort to try to grow the sport of of show ski you know it, we did have cypress gardens for so long and then it kind of went away so i would think this is a huge opportunity
2: yeah i think you're right i think it's you know with professional shows in many regards dying out tommy bartlett in wisconsin's gone and um uh, you know, SeaWorld, Orlando is gone, and, and a lot of these, these professional shows have gone by the wayside. But show skiing uh, really is alive and well in so many parts of the country. And and post-pandemic, we've really rebounded well. Sport is thriving. And you're exactly right. Like, uh, the opportunity to bring together the the sport, the the entire sport, to to showcase show skiing at this venue in this world tournament in this part of the country uh is awesome because uh, show skiing does have so much to offer and people who are not show skiers or have never been a part of it i think would be really wowed by what they see at the world tournament and so having having that ability for for us to sort of galvanize the community to grow the sport a little bit it's great i mean we're we're a small community dave and i have spent our lion share a lot of time in our lives down in florida uh training ourselves taking our families vacationing with our families to ski in the off season like we've spent a lot of time in the central Florida area winter haven area where we're familiar with with the area and and what skiing means to the area and and we're excited to Bring an awesome show to the world tournament and to
1: to let the world see what show skiing is all about. Yeah, and the only thing that I would add, Tyler, to that because uh, Matt's comments are spot on, is Matt and I realize that we are we are a couple of Wisconsin boys mm-hmm. and that we we are kind of guests in Florida to a certain extent. And but with that being said, we have been welcomed so well uh, from the Cypress Gardens Water Ski Team. Mark Mark Voysart, visit Central Florida. Anything that we've needed from a site uh, availability standpoint or a resource standpoint being included in, in in terms of getting our perspective on the tournament in general and the show site setup, it's been awesome to work with those guys. And so, albeit yeah, we're we're, we're from Wisconsin, we we have that familiarity with Central Florida. We we sure we sure feel welcomed, and um, we're, we're again looking forward to the, the time that
0: we're going to be down there. Well, and it's interesting, and we've touched on it a little bit about the crossover between disciplines, whether it's three event, barefooting, show skiing. We had Scott the Rocketman Ellis on our first episode, and uh, Scott uh, went into a lengthy detail of how show skiing really brought him into the sport and credited show skiing for a long time, pretty much considered himself a show skier. Until he went into slalom and then ultimately had a a very lengthy, um, well decorated career in long distance jumping. And you wonder when it comes to Central Florida and you have that type of exposure, that type of exposure to not only draw people that are educated in the sport of water skiing, but just the general population of how healthy that is for the sport, not only for barefooting or show skiing for three event water skiing but just water skiing in general i think it's a huge opportunity so i'm almost i'm i gotta ask this question because i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it down there are the the world championships are they going to be televised or webcast in some sort of way
2: yeah they sure are visit central florida is sponsoring the uh the webcast and I'm going to be hosting it and it's going to be
0: broadcast worldwide for everybody to see excellent well one of the things i wanted to ask you guys you know i grew up watching espn pro tour tapes freestyle jump was a huge thing one of the things i want to definitely i uh, guess i want to have on the show is dave the dog reinhardt um, i also want to get the the ability to meet mike tolsman one day um, I I know that he went for the double front flip a lot of times off the ramp. I don't know if he ever landed it, just to have the guts to do it. I think show skiing in general, from the, the 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 beginning of it and being a show and being a spectacle, to be like, what's the next level has pushed the sport of water skiing into new levels that I don't know if we would honestly be where we're at today in any discipline if it wasn't for show skiing because we always want to see what's the next thing do you guys look at yourselves that way of hey you know we've thought about this we've never really done it but this may be something pretty neat and let's see if it catches on
1: well first thing uh those would be two fantastic interviews I certainly would would uh would tune in for those and you're right I think <laughs> show skiers like Dave Reinhardt Mike Tolsman, or just show skiers in general um We're some weird dudes, you know, with some weird ideas and, uh, you know, getting inside our heads is always something that, uh, is is somewhat entertaining. One aspect of our sport is trying again to think outside the box. You know, you, you, you see pyramids in shows and you see swivel skiing and jumping and so on. And, you know, what is the next thing that we can do that another team isn't doing that adds variety to our show, something that makes the judges you know, open their eyes a little bit more, or makes the audience uh, appreciate a little bit more. So yeah, we're always looking for that, and there's always opportunity to do that in putting different disciplines together out on the water, or starting uh, uh, different disciplines from different areas, or you you know, utilizing kicker jumps, for example. There's a lot of different ways of doing that, and sometimes you just have to push yourself to break out outside the whole
0: no, yeah, I, and my brain's just going. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to see a swivel skier go up the ramp and, and do something. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I mean, you, you look at, and I think that's what's so exciting about what you guys do is the creativity. Uh, the creativity aspect is, you know, it's endless. I mean, uh, you got so much talent, you've got so many folks to work with. Uh, one of the things that has been Kind of, I would say when I think of show skiing and what people think about is the pyramid. I think the pyramids, obviously, we've seen them on the cover of Water Skier Magazine. Uh, they've been ar- uh, around a long time of uh, just how those are built, the complexity of that, just the sheer operations of having the ropes the same length or different lengths or having the skis all put together. Can you just tell us how? director standpoint you guys work together to make that happen
2: uh as a show director i try to lean on as many other people so i don't have to do it as possible it's funny like our team you're right it is is a massive people don't understand like what goes into a show ski production behind the scenes in terms of all the ropes all the skis all the logistics all the boat patterns all the like there's There's thousands of things that go into putting a ski show together. The pyramid is one great example of that in terms of getting everything linked up properly. All the ropes hooked up. Uh, first of all, they're all made to be the right length for the act, uh, having skiers in the right place, having the right personnel, practicing them on land, most all teams do significant amount of land practice, climbing, working through the climbing sequence, making sure every climber knows their steps and can do so in a quick and efficient manner uh, and practicing that over and over and over so that when you take it to the water then it's like second nature it's that muscle memory and then putting that together in any water conditions you know it could be calm water it could be a little choppy and uh you've got to have your skiers on the base be solid and you got to have your climbers be quick and efficient to climb up and then climbing down is probably even more difficult than climbing up. And you've got to, because at that point of the pyramid, people are most tired. They're fatigued by the end of carrying that pyramid. And you've got to have the the mental strength and fortitude to, to climb down easily, and then get down uh, onto the base and, and back to shore. And so you're right, it is a, a tremendous undertaking. And it's really the ultimate sign of teamwork in our sport. Like we we have this we're a team sport we're not an individual sport and the pyramid is an example of, of teamwork at its highest level
1: yeah the only thing Tyler I would add to that is is the towboat component some of the towboats that we're utilizing right now 900 horsepower wow. um, pull, wow. pulling, pulling off 44 48 52 skiers at one time off of a platform it's the epitome of any ski show is the pyramid. And that's why you see it at the end of the ski show because it's the epitome of teamwork and effort and coordination. So,
0: well, I thought I was going to be impressed with the way Ski Fly was going when they were doing that with 500 horsepower, but 900 horsepower, oh my goodness, that's a lot of horsepower. But that's a lot of people you're pulling. The only other question I have on, on that end is what could we expect from Team USA as far as, how big is that pyramid going to be at the world Championships? Yeah. With team USA, it's,
1: it's a little bit different. And that's one of the components that again, pyramids a staple of the show, but at the same time, we're kind of limited because each team is limited by the number of people that they can have on a team. As opposed to an amateur team, you can have as many as that want to join that given year. And so you can have those larger pyramids if you're one of the larger teams. So, in, in that respect, Team USA is trying to keep up with the amateur teams because there's no way we could put a 44, or 48, or 52-person pyramid out there because we've got a, a a limitation in terms of the number of members. But you'll you'll definitely see our our signature double top, and then what we're going to try to do is add a add a little bit of flair on the sides of that uh, this coming year. But we'll we'll leave that up to the imagination, and hopefully that'll that'll bring a few more people out and and check out what we do
0: alongside that pyramid at the end of the show. And Dave, you mentioned the flair, and what makes show skiing so much different than the other disciplines is the costuming, the narrative, the story that's told. How does that work on an international scene as far as a world championship compared to a club level at a regional or national or state level?
1: Well, I think similar to skiing is we've got that condensed time period. So over the course of a a, a summer on an amateur team, you've got that ability from Memorial Day up until. of us just say the national water ski uh tournament which is the second weekend in august to continue to in a stepwise fashion build that production build that theme become more comfortable with it similar to our skiing we only have a limited amount of time together and that's literally you know eight to ten practices total over the course of a two-year period of time and so time is limited in terms of uh getting that continuity not only out in the water but on stage but luckily We've got three of the very best, and uh, Adam Schaller is one of our announcers. We brought in another announcer this year, Mike Thornton from uh, Wonder Lake Water Ski Team. Both of them are highly skilled in facilitating really theme-oriented productions, and that's why we have them doing what they're doing, and they're kind of a team within themselves. And then the third member is Whitney Messenger from the Wonder Lake Water Ski Show Team, too, and she is excellent behind the soundboard, making sure that, again, that those that that, those music pieces, the sound effects, um, all the things that really put that polish on a production show from a music standpoint, they're all there.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And you mentioned this is a special year to compete. This is the the 100th year of water skiing, the centennial. We're celebrating that actually this last past weekend on the fourth of July a hundred years of water skiing, and you guys get to have a tournament in Central Florida. This is super, super special. And so I wanted to ask the question to both you guys, what does the centennial of water skiing mean to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's how far the sport has come and how uh, long lasting skiing has been. Water skiing has, has grown over time and its longevity, is amazing and 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 then where water skiing has gone internationally uh where water skiing can take people people have carved careers out of, of being in the industry and uh the the hundredth is just proof of that this amazing sport has lived and will continue to live on through the strength of of its members and and through the the passion people have for the sport
1: yeah, and you know I would I would add that for myself, selfishly, it's it's you know how much water skiing has personally given to me. It's helped me in my profession, um, you know and, and and it helped me kind of make it to the top of my profession as, as a chief operations officer of an organization and has allowed me to build my leadership qualities, uh, learn how to work with and alongside different people of Of different skill sets, of different backgrounds and such. But even more so than that, it's it's the family component. I met my my wife being on a ski team. I you know my my all my children started skiing at the age of two, similar to Matt's. It, it, we have an extremely close family. My sister has moved down to Janesville. My parents have moved down to Janesville. That would have never have happened without water skiing. And wow. I'm so very, very thankful for that component. And then, of course, all the teams that I've been a part of and 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 uh, shared some real special memories, whether it be the Shermite Show team, the Aqua Skiers, Tommy Bartlett's, uh, certainly R. A. J. Team USA. Man, I I've just, I just I have so many memories uh, that are so positive and that have, again shaped my life. Um, so many friends like Matt in our core uh, friend group. It's gonna be a time where I'm just going to reflect. I want to take a moment for myself down there to just reflect on all of that because that's what Ralph Samuelson, that's what this hundred year evolution has given to me is as the ability to just enjoy life.
0: Well, and that's a great segue into this next question. It's kind of loaded because I know you guys have been in the sport and been so involved so long. But you know if you have a favorite memory, what would that be?
2: Yeah, that's a. Uh forward as long as Dave and I have 30 plus years um, so many awesome memories come up and and as I think back like two stand out from my past but that one from my current that is sort of my everlasting memory the first one for me is when Mad City Ski Team won nationals in 2004 we had not won nationals before we had uh, really climbed that mountain and to finally achieve that after all the hard work, I remember the moment the scores were announced and and that feeling will never leave me, that excitement at the national championships. The other for me is the first world tournament in 2012, I say pre-show, goosebumps talking about it, the pre-show, the water's settling down, we're just about to start our show and the crowd starts chanting USA. USA and it just it like courses through my veins the opportunity that we had to compete for your country like that is totally different than competing as part of your home club is the ability to represent your, com- your country in a world tournament and that moment where the crowd was chanting that will, will live with me forever but now it's like beyond those competitive moments that the couple that stand out with me are now with my kids and I have there's like two photographs stand out in my mind in my brain and the one is me on stage with my son we got to jump together as he learned to to hit the jump ramp we jumped in a show together and we have a picture of us waving together side by side on stage we got to be on the ramp together in a ski show and another one is my daughter in her first tournament or one of her first tournaments she climbed a pyramid on me and we're on stage together at the end of our show, and we're supposed to be smiling, looking up at the judges, but I remember the moment vividly, and there's a photograph of us looking at each other and smiling. And she had said, and, and that to me is like, that is, that is, and, and that's what makes this sport amazing.
1: Yeah, that's, those, those are special memories. Um... You know, mine is very similar Uh, from an amateur standpoint, won a a handful of, of, you know, regional and and national championships, but it's the first regional championship that I won with Wisconsin Rapids AquaSkiers, which is one of the oldest clubs in the United States. When we won the Wisconsin State Tournament, we, you know, we walked up there, I was show director, we walked up there hand in hand. It was the first time that they had ever won a state tournament. That was just a very very special moment because the team that we knocked off was Rock Aqua Jays, the one that I'm currently affiliated. A lot of people know that I'm I'm a part of that team, but they were like Goliath and we were David by by far. And we were just this young club within a two or three year period of time that came out of nowhere and we're just building momentum. You know, we walked, we we knocked off Goliath for a couple of years, and so that was that was really special because that that club was all about family relationships and 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 so on. So from an amateur standpoint, that's where I would I would say my my best memory was. Matt's spot on in terms of 2012. Uh he and Chris Copeland were the show directors for Team USA. And there was such uh anticipation for the very first time to see this collection of the best of the best on the water for the very first time that it was it was just palpable. And to hear that USA in the crowd was incredible and to have we selected or i should say we but matt and chris selected people on the team like scotty clack was mm. a member of team usa and to have him come back and to throw his first mob that he's ever thrown in in the show wow <laughs> in the show and then he he actually he missed it but then he tumbled it up for example and the crowd just goes nuts. I mean, Scotty could have done a ride over and the the crowd would have gone nuts. But I mean, uh, there's just so many special memories associated with that show and the crowd was being, was 100% behind us. So really, really cool, cool atmosphere. You know, for me, you know, and kind of not to get sentimental, but it's, you know, my wedding looking, we had 450 people there and I think probably 375 of them were show skiers so wow (laughs) um, and and from so many like we have people from mad city and rha and wisconsin rapids and Twin lakes and i mean it was like a melting pot of show skiers and you know looking out i looked at my wife i'm like this is our family this is this this is it you know it's it's just a great metaphor for again what show skiing is which is it's all about family friendships and relationships
0: Wow. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Absolutely love the stories. You know, we're going to be definitely cheering for you. I hope there's a big turnout and uh, I will definitely be on Visit Central Florida looking at that that webcast and and cheering on Team USA later this year at the World Tournament. I know you guys are busy doing show skiing. I know that you've also been out there doing some interviews and there's a podcast and all sorts of things like that. So Matt and Dave, I'm going to give you some time here just to give a handoff of where people can find you.
2: A uh, show ski podcast called the Ski Show. Self and Adam Schaller are the uh, co-hosts of that, and we've been lucky enough to interview some awesome legends in the sport. And you know, as you you're having the opportunity with this podcast, and so that's been fun. And so people want to want to find. Uh, the Ski Show podcast—it's uh, out there wherever you listen to your podcast—and uh, catch some of our episodes because uh, we're we're having fun doing it.
1: Yeah, I would say that the one thing that Matt and I—you know—whether it's teaching clinics, first clubs, or whether we're at what we call Think Tank, which is a symposium in the wintertime within the Wisconsin Dells. One thing that we want to always make individuals aware is we know—you know—kind of who we are within the sport. But we are always accessible. We are always there for others. We're the NSSA elite reps uh, within the National Show Ski Association. It's real easy to find us on Facebook or Instagram or otherwise. Anybody that needs any help with their shows, they've got questions in regards to scoring. Um, they're, they're, they're dealing with some, some, some issues on their club or otherwise, and they just need some guidance. We're always there for people. So all they need to do is look us up and, and, and we're there to support them.
0: Excellent. Well, again, guys, thanks so much for coming on to the the podcast and good luck through the state tournaments, the regionals, the nationals, and then ultimately the world tournament.
1: Thanks, Tyler. It was a
2: pleasure. Thanks, Tyler. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening and come back and catch future episodes as we chat with water ski legends and current stars from each of the sports disciplines as we celebrate 100 years of water skiing. Thanks again to our sponsor, Visit Central Florida. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We'll see you next time.